Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The Large Nerdron Collider podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the Large Nerdron Collider podcast, the podcast that's all about the geeky things happening in the world around us and how very excited we are about them. I'm Ariel Kasten, and with me as always is baby New Year Jonathan Strickland. <laughs> I like that. I was wondering if you're going to call me Jonathan Auld Lang Syne Strickland, but I like baby New Year a lot better. I did consider it. I did consider it. So well done. So we are recording this well before the actual new year. But when you listen to this, this is our, our final episode of 2021. And I could not, I could not go through the entire final episode of 2021 without asking Ariel one last question. Okay, Ariel. And by last question, I mean the last question of 2021. I expect I will continue to ask questions in 2022, but here is the one for 2021. What is something in the geeky universe out there that came out in 2021 that you found particularly interesting or entertaining or satisfying? So this was a little bit hard simply because time is so amalgamous right now that I had to make sure the things that most excited me from this year actually happened this year. Um, That's fair. <laughs> yes. I, I totally understand. And it's actually like a death match between Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings, Legend of the Ten mm -hmm. Rings, and WandaVision. And I think WandaVision ekes out the win. But those you two, like, and... You, you stole mine. You stole mine, Ariel. WandaVision's mine, too. It's awesome. 
I mean, it is. Well, that show just, it was so well-rounded. It was so creative. It's not something we've really seen a lot of before. It was just, it was a very fresh piece of media for the year. You know, it certainly was uh, bittersweet, but it was just so well done and so unique that, yeah, it, it came out, I think, in January. So, like, a year later, it's still just... I mean, no other piece of geeky media that I saw this past year hit me in the sternum the way the line, what is grief but love persevering did. That mm-hmm. that spoke to me directly. Like, that, I was like, that is a, a, a way of uh, describing grief that is uh, perfect, in my opinion. So, yes, uh, WandaVision was my pick as well because... I I watched a lot of geeky stuff this year. Not all of it came out this year, but I watched a lot of geeky things that I enjoyed. But that one, not only did I absolutely love the first three episodes where we Mm -hmm. got the whole sitcom stuff where only occasionally something was hinky going on. I loved the incorporation of the, you know, outer world into the story. Mm -hmm. And I love the implications for the multiverse it set up so many nice things, including stuff that we saw in Loki, um, stuff that we know is going to continue to play out in Doctor Strange and Ant-Man and all these mm-hmm. other properties. So, yeah, like that. I just I would I know that some people found it either slow moving, like they were saying, when are things going to start happening? But I was like, this is the world building that I absolutely love. So. So I think the interesting thing for me, well, one, that that line about grief is is both, yeah, it really hammers home. And also it's, I feel like it's a really healthy way to look at your sorrow and, and kind of build it into something productive and good. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I think I think it's a really good outlook on that. But also like it, it allowed me to geek out about, I, I'm I, this is how great the show is that I still can't even contain all my thoughts about it. You know, I was able to geek out about old television, which I love. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I feel like sometimes in, I'm an old soul. I like music before my time and TV before my time. But I don't feel like the world building, like, I don't think things were slow to start because that world building was things starting. Like, maybe you didn't have all the pieces connecting and maybe people were a little sour when they anticipated the wrong things. But, like... <laughs> Mephisto. Yeah. Uh <laughs> even a year later that makes me laugh but the fact that it was so engaging outside of the episodes like i i count that as a major win even if people did get a little salty that they weren't right and and something else that i actually really liked although i mean obviously it was frustrating to go week to week but i love that it was another show where people were eager to see the next episode it became something you would anticipate it wasn't something that you could just binge right out of the gate you had to wait for the next one And it was that conversation and that anticipation. That's like the lifeblood of the geek community in my mind. And it's something that you kind of lose when you go through the, the Netflix approach of the entire season debuts on day one. Not that that's a bad thing necessarily. You just lose that element of geek culture. Allowing, allowing it to be weekly and, and bite-sized makes it a shared experience. Yes. Um, and and makes you makes you pay attention to more of the details and talk about more of the details as opposed to, you know, 
oh, that tasted like I I ate this entire Stouffer's mac and cheese casserole in one bite, and I guess I tested tasted cheddar. Yeah, um, I realize that's a, a <laughs> metaphor that no one's going to relate to. But I need an acid. That's all I know now. Yes. Um. So we wanted to talk a little bit about some stuff that we're anticipating next year. Also, you know, we had had in our notes about New Year's resolutions, and I actually do have one geeky kind of New Year's resolution. I don't know if you actually had any, Ariel, mm-hmm. but uh, I'll, I'll share my little one, which is that, you know, I, I have always, I've never been like a hardcore comic book guy. I was a casual collector at best. So I had collections of some pretty minor titles here or there. You know, I had a few of the What If titles. I had some Spider-Ham titles. I had What The, which was a a comedy series that was a a spoof on the What If series. Mm -hmm. Um, But I never really got into collecting. I'm thinking about not collecting, but maybe selecting one or two comic book titles to kind of dive into in the next year and just kind of experience that from that level of, of the fandom space because I haven't done it really. So what will first have to start, obviously, is I'll have to do some homework to figure out which title or titles I would like to explore. That is a really cool, I, like, I almost want to make that one of my resolutions. Uh, if I have time after my other geeky resolutions, which are to restart Skyrim and actually finish it. And also, f- <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> and also finish Mass Effect Andromeda before the new Mass Effect game tentatively comes out whenever that is. I, I don't know if there's a release date. I don't know if I'm just imagining it at this point. Um. <laughs> I mean, I, I totally feel the Skyrim thing because I fall into the trap of, oh, maybe I should do these 18 other side quests before I do the next main quest storyline. And then I never like I lose steam before I ever get to the end of the game or I feel overwhelmed. Like it almost becomes like a life thing where you're just like, now it feels like busy work and I'm not really enjoying myself. I finally went back and played a playthrough of Skyrim where I did almost a bare minimum of the side quest things just to play through the main story so I could complete it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got the DLC and I'm all the way back at the, like I haven't finished the DLC. <laughs> I'm, I, I would be tempted if I thought either of us would actually keep our resolutions on any sort of regular basis to to have check ins like, hey, how's your how's this comic series going for you? Hey, how's Skyrim yeah. going for you? <laughs> and you're like, oh, those darn storm cloaks. All right. Well, <laughs> I think now we can uh, chat a little bit about some of the stuff that we're anticipating for next year. And this is going to be a couple of different segments because there's a lot y'all. Yeah. I I think it's just that the world is, is reopening. So we're getting like all of that backlog of things that didn't, that got delayed. Yeah. That got pushed back. Yeah. So you start off Ariel. What's something that you're really anticipating for next year? Well, the very first thing is uh, I'm planning knock on wood to actually go see Beetlejuice next year. I thought that I would never get the chance to see it on Broadway because it was supposed to close in June of 2020. Of course, that uh, got greatly pushed up because it was canceled before my tickets, which was fine because we had already canceled our trip due to COVID. Um, But, you know, you've heard me talk about it on the show before, I'm sure. Uh, They're reopening the show 
And so I'm hoping that things will be safe enough now that I'm vaccinated and boosted to go watch it sometime in the later part of the new year. That's exciting because yeah, that's one of those shows that that uh, I've only listened to a couple of the songs outside of, you know, obviously the the banana boat song that's mm-hmm. that's included in there. Uh, and so I'm only kind of familiar. I know that the storyline is different from the film. It departs bit, yeah. in, in several ways. Uh, and I know that the stage effects are supposed to be really impressive with that show. So um, none of my plans have anything to, or none of the things I'm anticipating have anything to do with me going anywhere, because I think right now uh, I only have, I've got two trips planned for 2022 mm-hmm. and those have been planned for ages. And, uh, Beyond that, I just haven't made any any sort of of plans or hopes. So all the stuff I'm hoping for uh, pretty much falls into or rather anticipating falls into film and TV. So you had mentioned to me before that there might have been a couple of experience ones that you were thinking of. Was there another one? Yes. So I am planning on taking stunt classes in 2020. So, you know, everybody makes that like that resolution to get in shape and, and be healthier yeah, um, yours is yours is to get beat up and thrown out of cars. Yeah, I mean, I'll get beat up and thrown out of cars at the same time as I will tone muscle and lose weight. Um, <laughs> two birds, one stone. Four birds, one pulley. Something like that. Um, <laughs> so there's that. Um, you know, you talked about maybe doing a D and D game. That is true. That is true. I didn't. Uh, I didn't mention that one because I had not really thought about that but that is true that i do want to start that D campaign and and hold some games where people can play in a kind of piratical uh D setting so yes that is you know now that you mention it i had totally forgotten about that yeah well you know now you know it's something that i'm potentially looking forward to providing i have enough time because the other thing i'm looking forward to is being cast as a thing in the new fantastic four movie no it hasn't happened yet But, you know, who knows? Maybe somebody on my behalf will start like the social media campaign and it'll blow up. I like pizza. I'm kind of snarky. I like clobbering things. I think it could really happen. She's she's at least Ben Grimm. (laughs) (laughs) I see what you did there. So, like, you know, it, it was a pun. It was a good one. You know, dream big. You never know. I am putting, an it act- there, putting it out there in the universe. Putting it out the there secret. like Simu Liu when he uh, put up his Shutterstock or, or uh, Getty's image saying, hey, shouldn't I be a, a Marvel superhero? That's, I, that's not exactly how it happened, but, you know, internet rumors. Um, you know, I, I am an actor. I do audition for things. It's not yeah, entirely... you audition for the thing. For the thing. Yeah, it's, it's not entirely out of the scope of possibility, and I like to dream big, so... That. Okay, so that's it for my experiences. I mean, TV shows and movies and video games are all experiences too. But um, well, let, let's talk about the video game thing before we go to break, because I have one video game I'm anticipating. But what is the video game you are looking forward to? Uh, it's Sifu, which is a, a game about Jeet Kundo, pretty much. Um, it's like a fighting game with some cool mechanics. And I don't actually plan on playing it, but I often watch my husband play through video games that interest me, but I know I would be bad at. And that's that's the one that I am looking forward to him playing. Yeah, I've seen a little bit of early footage of this game, and it's pretty cool where you can do things like you can focus and that'll give you 
indicators of weak points for your opponents that you can start striking. You can develop different, um, different, uh, fighting styles and stuff that you can incorporate into your play. Uh, also if you die, you come back, but you're older. Yeah, it's, but it's also, I heard it kind of described as vaguely roguelike, not entirely because you, you can gain either abilities or gear, but yeah, um, each time, each time you die, you get uh, a chance to select some new ability or capability or whatever. Uh, but you also age. And so you have a limited number of lives because after a while mm-hmm. you age to the point where you're, you know, not capable of, of uh, uh, doing martial arts on anybody. But yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that I am anticipating is Lord of the Rings Gollum. Uh, I'm anticipating oh, yeah. that game. That, yeah, is... that one's supposed to come out. Ne- I don't know if it will come out next year. Video games, those dates are more flexible than any other date because obviously making a game is really complicated and it uh, doesn't always ship at the time when it was predicted, but that is supposed to come out next remind year. Me, remind me which uh, game studio is doing that one. I cannot remind you because I do not know. I just remember that that's coming out in 2022 and I love Lord of the Rings. Uh, I have enjoyed some of the previous Lord of the Rings video games that have come out in the recent past, like Shadow of Mordor and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that is oh, that why was a good one. I'm anticipating it. Um, you know, and, and obviously like I'll wait to learn more about it before I go all in, but that's something I'm excited about. Uh, now when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the films and TV series and streaming series and all that kind of stuff that we're looking forward to in the next year. But before that, let's take this quick break. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. 
If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Okay, Ariel, I suspect that your list and my list, which by the way, listeners, we have not shared with each other. I suspect there's going to be a touch of overlap between the two of them. Probably. Um, I think you might be surprised about some of the ones I picked though. Oh, I I, no, I'm sure there's going to be ones that you (laughs) pick that I'm going to be like, not, not at all interested, but that's fine. It takes all kinds. So let me tell you what my first one is. Sure. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. Yes, I, I have that on my list. I know we talked about it uh, this month. We talked about it this month. I couldn't tell you. I yeah, a it was a couple of episodes here. ago, but uh, for us, it was like two days ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just, it's such a, it's such a fun take on the multiverse. I cannot, I cannot yeah. wait. And well, and when they, when they slapped that part one at the end of that teaser, that was where I, in wrestling terminology, it's where I marked out because I was like the, the they already had me as soon as it started, they already had me. And then when it was a part one where I said, well, that means there's going to be at least a part two, if not more than a part two, I was mm-hmm. very happy. All right. So that's, that's number one. It's on both of our lists. Let me hear one of yours. Uh, going back to Lord of the Rings, we're supposed to get the new Lord of the Rings show in 2022. That's fighting with The Last of Us to be the most expensive show ever made. I mean, we still don't know a whole lot about it, I don't think, but I like Lord of the Rings like you do. It looks so pretty so far, and Wheel of Time is better than I anticipated, so hopefully Lord of the Rings will follow suit. Yeah, that one's actually, here's the weird thing, that one's under my curious list as opposed to like I made two lists. I made one list that's this is the stuff I really want to see. And then I had a curious list where maybe so that one's on my maybe list. And it's largely because I don't know enough about it. I, I am assuming it is like set thousands of years before the mm-hmm. events of The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. But that could go in many different directions. OK, well, the next one on my list is The Batman. Oh, no, I'm not looking forward to the Batman. <laughs> they like. Ha! Um, <laughs> there are certain characters that I want to see played in that, but my favorite Batman character is the Riddler. And I don't you like, like the campy version. I like. Yeah, I like the campy suave version. I don't like the Zodiac killer version, which it's been veering more that way, like with all of the Arkham games and things and, and Gotham games but fair enough uh, i i think it looks interesting like i like i don't know a part of me is getting a little tired of the reinvention of batman because it's happened so many times over the last couple of decades but mm-hmm. 
uh, like Batman and Spider-Man. I mean, they're in a race to be <laughs> reinvented the most number of times in the least amount of time. But it, it the trailer has me interested. Uh, OK, well, what's your next one? Well, uh, before that, what most interests you about the Batman? Uh, I happen to think a, a Zodiac Killer style Riddler <laughs> is actually really intriguing. Gotcha. So that, uh, I mean, to be fair, like, uh, I love the film Zodiac. I mean, the, the actual Zodiac Killer, obviously terrible, terrible, horrible monster of a, of a person and did unspeakably cruel things. The yeah. movie Zodiac is incredibly um, uh, uh, tense and intense. And I think it's really got some great performances in it. And the things that were making me, you know, the, that sort of Zodiac kind of feel for the Riddler made me think of, Hey, here's a version of this story where I could get invested in, in, in it. And there's no, there's no like creepy, ugly side to it because it's all make believe. It's mm -hmm. not actual, like it's not gotcha. a story about what happened to actual people. <laughs> Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, we can be Batman arch nemeses. It's totally fine because I think the next thing we will 100% agree on, which is the new Willow television show is coming out in 2022, in theory. That one's on my list. Yeah. So uh, D plus day happened, I guess, last month. Yeah. And they came out with a bunch of like little teasers. And one of them was for the Will Willow television show. Did you see it, Jonathan? Uh, I... I saw mention of it. I did not actually see the teaser for the Willow show. So it's kind of, it's Warwick Davis kind of giving like a backstage tour to all of the new cast members who are going to be in this TV show, who are all millennials who are, or Gen Z who are too young to remember the original Willow. Like one or two of them do. Uh, one of them being uh, the, the actor who plays the Flash in the current series or who mm. plays Flash in the current series of Spider-Man movies, who says he, I believe he's the one who's like, oh yeah, I really love Willow. Looked it up. He is too young for the original Willow. But, you know, I can't judge people for watching things that came out before their time. You should watch Willow. It's great. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a fun fantasy film. Uh, all right. Next on my list is Thor Love and Thunder. You know, I, I, I'm looking forward to it, but there's so much Marvel stuff that that one didn't make my list. See, it makes my list because Taika Waititi has won me over. I will watch anything he makes. Yes, <laughs> and, yes, that is true. And and I I also am really curious to see how they handle Lady Thor and whether or not Chris Hemsworth is stepping away from the role after this. Yeah, I, I am interested about that. Hey, like Tybalt. Hi, Tybalt. I'm not disinterested in this movie. I do think Taika Waititi's Thor movie is the best of the Thor movies. Come at me. Um, don't come at me. We're allowed to disagree. But um, no, I, I am looking forward to it. I just think that I am looking forward to Black Panther or Doctor Strange more. Both of those are also on my list. Yes. Um, Doctor Strange, just because it's going to be bonkers, um, I'm certain. Um, you know, they've already set it up as such. And, and Black Panther, just because... The, and I know we won't have Chadwick Boseman anymore, and that's super, super sad, but I love the world they created so much. I was so excited for the movie, after the movie. It's right up there with Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings for me as far as quality in the Disney Marvelverse. Yep, and, uh, and as the subtitle says, Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever, yes. 
So, uh, what is next on your list? Well, let's go ahead. I'm going to round out the Marvel stuff real quick because good Lord, there's, there's There's just too much. much. There's too much next year. There's too much. So, uh, the other three that are on my list from Marvel for 2022 (laughs) are, um, Ms. Marvel. Uh Uh-huh. So I want to see Kamala Khan in action. Yes. Uh, She-Hulk. I'm, I'm, I'm just sour that I'm not the She-Hulk. Yeah, but you have to be the thing. So well, shut up. that's that's uh, like my pivot, Jonathan. And, and then and then secret invasion. Uh, yeah, that one's going to be good. They're so, they're really pulling out the stops for that cast. Yes. So th- those are the ones that I mean, all of all the those Marvel things are things I'm really anticipating, largely because I'm hopeful that they're able to pull off another pretty good attempt at a uh, integrated story mm-hmm. that has all these individual elements that still tie back in together. Yeah. Yeah. I do look forward to it. And I think they will because they've talked about having, you know, uh, very female heavy Marvel movies upcoming, which would lend to Miss Marvel, she Hulk echo and the like. Um, I do have one other Disney thing on my list and this one, I don't think will be on yours, What's uh, that? which is Chippendale rescue Rangers where Andy Samberg does one of the voices. No, not, not on my list. Um, I just, I like, I'm not looking forward to another chipmunks movie per se, but I think that, um, I think that the voice casting is spot on to be really funny. I just, I think it's going to be very funny and I, we could all use a little more laughter in our lives. Very well may be like, I remember that I was not at all interested in seeing the goofy movie when it first came out and I didn't watch it until after it came to home video. And when I finally saw it, I thought, this is way, way better it's than I thought it would be. One of my favorite Disney animated movies, Jonathan. It, well, I mean, it, it, that's the thing, though, is that it came out at a time where Disney wasn't knocking it out of the park as far as like comedic animated films go. And yeah. so that's why, like, I just didn't have any interest because it had been a while since Disney had produced something that had the same kind of zany absurdity that the old school goofy cartoons had. I just didn't have any faith that it was going to be any good. So, you know, maybe I'll try the rescue Rangers and see what I think about it. Like if it catches on to that kind of level of humor, uh, I got to be fair. I mean, a lot of the quote unquote classic Disney cartoons, the more recent ones, they're not actually classics. They're just done in a, a a sort of retro Mm -hmm. style. A lot of those I think are brilliant. So Mm -hmm. Disney kind of turned a corner as far as like, humorous cartoons go. So maybe I'll, I'll check it out. Um, you know, there's a whole, like Marvel's coming out with a ton of stuff next year. We've already talked about it. Star Wars is also coming out with a ton of stuff next year. Um, there is only one Star Wars project that's on my truly anticipated list for next year. Can you guess what it is? The book of Boba Fett. You got it in one. Yeah, it didn't even make my list. Yeah, there's a lot of Star Wars stuff that I will watch and I will enjoy, but none of it made my list. Yeah, the other ones are being like Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi, which, you know, I I put under my curious list, but Mm -hmm. not on my, you know, have to watch. And Star Wars Andor is also on my curious list. Uh, But yeah, yeah, that's, you know, the the only one that made my my actual list was Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Uh, Everything else on my list, I've got like two TV shows and three movies. None of them are Disney. None of them are Marvel. None of them are Star Wars. 
that's fantastic because for a while I was worried that that was going to be the only source of entertainment from this point forward. Yeah. So movie wise, and and we're running short on time, so I'm just going to run through these and then let you run through your remainder. Uh, sure. I'm looking forward to Cyrano de Bergerac, or the, it's oh. just Cyrano, the movie Cyrano. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're looking forward to it. Oh, look, I know it's going to be a musical. I know the song that they put into the trailer is not particularly an ear earworm, but I like the story. Along the lines, I it may not be any good, but it's going to be so over the top that I have to watch it. Jurassic World Dominion. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. these are these are things. And then these uh, are the ones where it's like hurting Jonathan to hear yeah. them. <laughs> uh, Guillermo del Toro is coming out with a Pinocchio musical, which I don't think is going to be live action. They talk about using a lot of voice cast. And, you know, where I say I like uplifting happy things a lot, I know this is going to be darker, but his take on it is really interesting. He kind of views Pinocchio and Frankenstein as the same story because they're both about creating life and, and um, yeah. Animating something. Yeah, animating and, something. And, yeah. I think it's no, really interesting. I definitely interesting. can see the parallels. I had never thought of it before, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then the other two is just the the reboot of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. That show I still love rewatching. Um, it holds up pretty well. Um, it was it was fun. It was good. Um, and then they're doing Netflix is doing a live Last Airbender uh, show. I the movie the live movie was not good, but I love the cartoon so much that I'm willing to give it another shot. Well, I'm shocked that Knives Out two wasn't on your list. Oh yeah, no, I like I I forgot about it, but I am looking forward to that. Uh, MST3K is having another season come out next year. I didn't finish the last one. Oh, that, it's so good. I need, to, I need to. Okay. I will. I'll add that to my new year's resolutions. Okay. And those would be the, I think that rounds out my list. Oh, and scream scream is also on my most anticipated mm. for next year, simply because I really want to see if they can recapture. Like it's such a different landscape. Horror has got a, such a different feel right now than it did in the nineties when scream started coming out. So mm. I'm very curious to see, uh, how they are able to stay relevant. So that's that's on my list. But then let me go yeah. through my curious list yes. really quickly. Yes, please. So curious, which are ones where I'm like, maybe I'll see it, maybe I won't, but I'm kind mm-hmm. of wondering what the heck's going on. Morbius. Okay, on yeah, there. yeah. Uh, John Wick, Chapter 4. Eh. <laughs> Black Adam. Okay, yes, I, I am curious about that. The Flash film. I, you know what? I I think I'm more than curious. I think I actually want to watch that one. I, I, I mostly want to see that one to see Michael Keaton as Batman again. Uh, Uncharted. Have um, you played the games? I have. Okay. I, I haven't, <laughs> but you know, Tom Holland is adorable Charming. and everything. So yeah. yeah. Uh, Lightyear, the, the film that's supposed to be about the, the, the movie character who inspires the Buzz Lightyear cartoon character. I mean, Chris uh, Evans that, is adorable and charming. So sure. Yep. Uh, Batgirl. Um, yes. Yes. That I'm curious about that borderlands. I'm really curious about that. Like that feels like that's a potential train wreck kind of movie to me. Or it could be, uh, the next Jumanji, which you need to watch still. Well, it could be the next fifth element for which I would be, I would be totally on board for that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, Fraggle rock reboot. Is that actually happening? Yep, on uh, AT or uh, Apple TV. So I'm not going to okay. get to see it, but I'll be curious about it. Uh, the Night Court reboot. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The Frasier, the Frasier reboot. Well, uh, I don't even think that's a reboot. I think that's just a return. Okay, yeah. If it's a return, uh, I'm for it. If it's a reboot, I'm not. Moon Knight, 
another Marvel property that I'm curious about. Yeah. And then I mentioned the two Star Wars ones, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Andor. So those what are the ones that I'm curious about. Like Moon Knight actually could be, first of all, Oscar Isaac's great. So yeah. Um, Moon Knight could be really, really good. Uh, the trailer did not hook me the way some of the no. others have. It definitely feels more like a Netflix level Marvel hero show like Daredevil yeah. or Jessica Jones. So maybe this totally. is their way of testing the water to bring back Charlie Cox's Daredevil because we've already heard Kevin Feige say that they aren't recasting that character. Yeah, um, yep. And I, I'm uh, at, as of, I think Spider-Man came out today and I have avoided spoilers and I will continue to do so until I see it. <laughs> yeah. T- today being uh, December, December 15th, 15th is when we're recording this. So yeah, yes. we're, we're well ahead of schedule on this one. All right. Well, when we come back, we're going to do another mashup. This one inspired by some listener mail that we received. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. As Jonathan said before the break, this mashup is thanks to a a listener 
and her class. So we had a, a an algebra teacher who teaches middle school algebra write in and and say that she, they were discussing with their class about Harry Potter and Star Wars, and the class couldn't fathom what that would be like. And so Jonathan and I, of course, had to take a stab at it. Um, so thank you, Miss Bacon, I suppose. <laughs> Fair and your enough. class and your advanced algebra class for uh, this mashup suggestion. We hope you like it. Yes. Uh, and so, Ariel, who would you like to go first? I'm going to let you go first. Okay. This is called Harry Skywalker and the Chamber of Sith. Harry Skywalker has a problem. See, his cousin, Luke, is always going on about power converters and how tattooing is so boring. Meanwhile, Harry has to live in a cupboard under the stairs, and that's particularly humiliating because the Lars home is a single-story house. But Harry does his best to stay out of trouble, until one day, a porg waddles up to the Lars household. Now this is already weird, because porgs are not native to Tatooine. But to make it even weirder, this porg is carrying a letter. And when Owen and Baru read the letter, they are astounded, for it seems as though Harry has been accepted into the Nerf Warts School of Jedi and Wizardry. <laughs> they turn to Harry, who shrugs, but is secretly excited to go. And sure enough, more instructions follow. Harry is to journey to Moss Eisley's spaceport to meet up with some fellow students at platform THX 1139 and three quarters. There he encounters a red-headed Wookiee named Ron Baca, and a young girl who is a bit of a know-it-all who goes by the name Hermione Solo. And they, like Harry, are going to be first years at Nerf Warts. But their first challenge is a heck of a one. Finding platform THX 1139 and three quarters. They wander around a bit and then accidentally bump into Ponda Baba, a.k.a. the Walrus Man, who immediately goes off on the kids, yelling something in an unintelligible but angry tone. The kids, frightened, all back up and trip over a pile of garbage and roll back onto a previously unseen platform. Yes, they have arrived successfully at THX 1139 and three quarters. Having narrowly escaped certain doom, the kids rush off to board a spacecraft, the Nerf Warts Express. They find an empty cabin to sit in as the ship takes off. Once out of the atmosphere, they hear the Nerf Warts Express's engines power up, and the next thing you know, they're in hyperspace. The three talk a bit as they travel. Well, Harry and Hermione talk. Ron Baca pretty much just makes weird dog noises. Anyway, they learn a bit more about each other, and how excited they are to become Jedi, especially since the Jedi have been pretty much wiped out except for, like, a few dozen of them who show up whenever the plot needs them to. I mean, seriously, like... The original series made it clear that the Jedi had been wiped out and like Obi-Wan was possibly the last one, but then the longer it goes, the anyway, I'm getting off base. Before they know it, the ship comes out of hyperspace and heads towards a small moon. The ship enters the moon's atmosphere and lands in a clearing, a good ways away from an old Jedi fortress. There it is, says Hermione Solo. Nerf Waltz. The three make their way to the Jedi Academy, along with their fellow classmates. There they are greeted by the headmaster of the Academy, Professor Dorak Dor, an old Jedi master, who explains they will all be sorted into houses. But there are only two houses, Jedi and Sith, and the Sith get booted into space. Fortunately, all three of our kids get sorted into Jedi, and there's like 
hardly any child death at all, which really sets this apart from Star Wars Episode 3. Because there's a lot of child death in that episode, and those are the ones that were made for kids. The kids get acclimated going to their classes. There's moof milking, since everyone knows Jedi love a tall glass of moof milk. They also have rock lifting 101, which is a tad boring. And of course, there's defense against the dark side. Harry is, at best, mediocre in most of his classes. Hermione consistently proves herself to be far more capable. And honestly, this story should really be about her more than Harry, because Harry just has the last name Skywalker, so it has to be about him. Some chosen one nonsense, which honestly gets to be a pretty lazy thing for writers to depend upon, but whatevs. Anyway, the school year slowly progresses, and Harry gets used to stuff like the fact that things are always floating around at the Jedi Academy because students are practicing their force powers all the time. The one class Harry really gets excited for is lightsaber construction. He and his fellow students are guided to a big room full of different crystals, and the professors explain that each Jedi will feel a call to a specific crystal, which will serve as the heart of their respective lightsaber. Hermione finds a green one. Ron Baca gets a blue one. As for Harry, he finds a pale crystal. So pale that it almost seems as if there is no color there at all. It might be the slightest bit blue, or perhaps a very, very pale green, but it could just as easily be clear. This is the crystal that calls to him. How interesting, says Professor Doric Dor. That's the same kind of crystal that Darth Voldemort uses in his lightsaber, and he's the most evil, nasty, wicked Sith Lord who has ever existed. Isn't that interesting, Harry? And Harry is like, oh crap, I must have really miffed it this time. But he's just kind of quiet and nods. And honestly, I feel like laying this kind of heavy stuff on a kid is just plain abuse. But whatever. As the year goes on, the kids hear about a distant struggle between the Galactic Empire and a group of rebels. Harry becomes the center of attention when the kids learn that one rebel, known as Skywalker, has done the unthinkable and totes exploded the Death Star, a weapon of unimaginable power. Harry has to frequently answer that, yes, he is related to Luke, and no, he can't offer introductions. Toward the end of the school year, a crisis emerges, because we have to have something happen in this story, or else it's not really a story, is it? It's just an explanation about how a wizard school works, and that would just be lame. So let's just cram in a story in like the last quarter of our book, right? Because that's fine. I mean, it can turn you into a multi-billionaire, apparently. So anyway, it's revealed that one of the professors, let's call him Darth Quirrell, has been compromised by the Sith and has become evil. And he makes an attempt on Harry's life, but Professor Doric Dor stops it from going too far. And he turns to Harry and he says, all right, so here's the deal. There's a prophecy that we're not really going to talk about for a few more years. And here's the shocker. It says either you or Darth Voldemort will have to die at some point. And I know that's not much of a shocking revelation because it's pretty clear that's where we're headed, even from the very beginning of the story. But there you have it. And then every year, something like this is going to happen where your life is going to be put in danger, uh, sometimes because you have done something really stupid. Uh, also, you'll have to learn the lesson that it's best to speak up early when something bad is happening, because that will help avoid like 80% of all the conflict that you would otherwise experience, except you're not going to learn that and you're going to have to go through it 
every single year because you're going to act like you've forgotten everything and you're going to keep things to yourself like somehow that's the better option. Also, I'm going to die later on, but don't tell anyone because it would be a huge spoiler. And with that, Harry and his friends board the Nerf Warts Express to go back home, having begun their journey toward becoming Jedi. The end. (laughs) That's short, Jonathan. Jonathan told me that his mashup was short this week. That's not short. That's about half the length of my last one. (laughs) Fair enough. Well, I, I think that was great. We have some common through lines because apparently there is a specific way that Harry Potter and uh, Star Wars should be mashed up. Um, But they are not, our mashups are not exactly the same. So this is Harry Potter and the Cursed Jedi. Lord Darth Sidious, that's Emperor Palpatine for those who don't know, was like a (sighs) cock, was like a cockroach that plagued the galaxy. He would do anything to remain in power, including the dispatching of anyone and everyone in his way. He was so, well, insidious that people feared even speaking his name. One of the most diabolical things he ever did was because he heard a prophecy that promised to unseat him from his rule. The prophecy stated that there would be a Jedi youngling who would, with his friends, lead a bunch of Jedi younglings to kill Lord Sidious and free the galaxy from his tyranny. It was called the Prophecy of the Griffin for some reason. Lord Sidious thought if he killed all the Jedi, then the prophecy could never come true. So he sent his Sith lackeys to exterminate Jedi far and wide, including to Coruscant to dispatch of the Jedi younglings there. He thought he got them all and settled back into his routine of tyranny. What he didn't know was that due to a warning sent by Obi-Wan and Yoda, there was one Jedi that was saved. A baby boy named Harry, who was sent to Earth by his parents. Well, they sent him off in an escape pod to who knows where, and they perished in the process, but Harry got away safely. So Harry ended up on Earth. His escape pod crashed, and he was taken in by some begrudging Samaritans. The only reminder Harry had of his origin was a small jagged scar on his forehead left by the broken windshield of the spacecraft as it crashed. But Harry's life on Earth was far from usual. Because of his innate Jedi powers, which seemed unusual to the family that took Harry in, he was sent to a school for wizards, which, yeah, also kind of bizarre, but it existed, so that's where he was sent. And he was immediately accepted into the Gryffindor Club for Exceptional Students. Harry, never knowing his parents or origins, seemed to fit it in right away. And he grew strong and smart and made a few close friends along the way, including one Ron and one Hermione, who were his closest friends. Then one day, Lord Sidious felt a disturbance in the Force. He followed it and found the cause, Harry. Harry had grown too strong and Lord Sidious couldn't ignore him anymore. Sidious located Harry on Earth and sent a squad to retrieve him. When the squad arrived, Harry was right in the middle of his favorite class, Advanced Magic Algebra 1. Well, technically it was Hermione's favorite class, but the teacher, Professor Debbie, was from the division of the school known as Hufflepuff, so her class was always fun, even if it was challenging. When Lord Sidious's team landed and busted into the classroom, all of the students teamed up and fought back against the invading stormtroopers, wands in hand, and they quickly won the battle. Harry knew, though, deep inside, as if a force was compelling him, that he had to board the Imperial Troop Transport to find who sent this mob after him. He boarded the transport, along with Hermione and Ron, who wouldn't let him go alone, and set off for the stars. As soon as the transport's doors closed, it took off back to where it came from. It must have had a return sequence built in or something. As soon as the transport landed and the doors opened, Harry and his friends found themselves face-to-face with Lord Sidious. Harry steeled himself and pointed his wand at Lord Sidious, and then something crazy happened. 
His wand emitted a blue laser from its tip, just like the weapon Lord Sidious was holding. Upon seeing this, Lord Sidious attacked. It was a nail-biting, teeth-clenching battle, saber against saber, force against force. But this new kind of Jedi was not something Lord Sidious was prepared or trained for, and in the end, he was defeated by Harry, Hermione, and Ron. Hermione shrunk Lord Sidious down and stuck him into a jar and put him in her pocket to bring to Azkaban for locking away. She told the boys to board the transport with her and return back to Earth, because thankfully, due to the professor's algebra class, she was able to triangulate her way home. But Harry Potter said he knew he was needed in this new galaxy. Harry was sad to say goodbye, but excited for the new adventures he would face in this galaxy far, far away. And as he waved farewell to Ron and Hermione, Harry knew that with magic and Jedi powers, this wouldn't be the last time he would see his friends. The end. But it totally was. It, you know, it may not have been because I'm sure Professor Debbie's algebra class is so awesome that he had to go back and visit them. <laughs> uh, uh... I, I think uh, I think we both did the uh, the respective properties proud. Um, yes, yours had yours had slightly less meta criticism about them <laughs> than mine did. But you know, a, a little a little bit more of the sad things from uh, from uh, Star Wars. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I I think that that was a great mashup to end 2021 with Me too. we look forward to doing a lot more of these in 2022 uh and in fact we welcome you our beloved listeners to pitch us ideas for mashups in the future uh, keep in mind the more different the properties the more easily ideas come to mash them up otherwise you're just like well this is just a a blank episode you know or whatever like I've done a couple where I'm like, oh my gosh, all I've done is written a an episode of Buffy, for example. <laughs> like I didn't really do much of a mashup, and I want to yeah. avoid doing that. But um, but also, if you feel for you know, want to suggest things that we want to talk about, things like maybe you want us to do an update on how we feel about, say, the DC film universe, mm -hmm. because that has obviously transformed quite a bit since we first started recording. Um, stuff like that, you know, let us know. And one way to do that is to send us an email. The email address for our show is lnc at iheartmedia.com. Yep. You can also reach out to us on social media, on Twitter, we're lnc underscore podcast. And on Facebook and Instagram, we're large nerd drunk letter. Um, also, if you want to write a mashup, you know, and it, we like it, we'll read it on the air. But, uh, you know, make sure if you like the show to tell your friends and family and to share the episodes and to like and subscribe and leave reviews so that we have an even, even bigger geek family to geek out with in 2022. Yes. And uh, until next time, Happy New Year. And happy I have New been Year. Jonathan. My Skywalker is Harry Strickland. Uh, and I have been Ariel... Uh, I'm going to come up with better middle names in the new year. Kasten. Happy New Year. The Large Nerdron Collider is a production of iHeartRadio and was created by Ariel Kasten. 
Jonathan Strickland is the executive producer. This show is produced, edited, and published by Tari Harrison. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.